Hey, welcome to How About We Do This Together, a podcast ministry of the Northwest Christian Network. I'm Troy Dean, and my co-host is Matt Holmes, oftentimes Daniel Malaputi, and with many other speakers. It's a podcast where we ask a question and answer it at the same time. How about we do this together? Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of How About We Do This Together, a podcast of the Northwest Christian Network. We are here at the end of day four of the Northwest Christian Convention with an emphasis on church uh, planting and church revitalization and church strengthening. And we just finished our evening session. Uh, You can't hear as many people talking, I think partly because of the heat and partly because of the dessert that's available in another building. Uh, But we are still just fresh off of a session with a couple of uh, really great speakers. And so we're going to... We're going to unpack them uh, one at a time. And so my name is uh, Matt Holmes. I'm from Turner Christian Church. And with me in the room are... I'm Russell Klum from Church of the City in Portland, Oregon. Bob Johnson with the Bridge Church Northwest in Wilsonville. Uh, Troy Dean. I'm the campus pastor at Bushnell University and a professor there in mm-hmm. Eugene, Oregon. All right. And so our first uh, our first speaker tonight, it was a testimony mm-hmm. and uh, talking about a church plant that started in the middle of a pandemic... Yeah. In a church building, right? That's, That's now a bar. A bar. Yeah, it's a yeah. bar, yeah. <laughs> which is a really cool story. And actually, I'm I'm treading dangerously close to rehashing. Uh, if you want to hear the story and, and what was presented, please go to our website, uh, mynwcc.com org slash endure under the evening sessions on day four you'll be able to watch the actual uh the testimony that was really great and and um yeah so we're just going to talk a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, and go a little bit deeper so um, i got a question so okay bob you're <coughs> 50 something uh, <coughs> and i'm 50 something and so like what in the world possessed you to decide to plant a church again now at this point in your life yeah well when you get older, you start not thinking well. So obviously that was part of the problem. <laughs> to, to be honest, uh, that was actually a big, I don't know if an issue is the word, but it was a big question that both my wife, Stephanie, and I had moving in this direction. For 30 years of ministry, I've been in lead positions or executive pastor, and I've always been a part of church plants. I've always um, been the one that says, absolutely, we're going to pray for you. We're going to send you out. Mm. We're going to give you money. This is amazing. God bless you as you go do it. And then we get to this stage of our life, and you begin to feel a call to do something great as well in a different setting. And that setting became church planting. And so that conversation started with uh, Sean Tomei at Expand Northwest. It started with Russell uh, as well. And honestly, in that, uh, we really wrestled about that. We prayed about it. We, we talked to one another about it. We talked with others about that. Do we have the energy? We felt like we had maybe some of the wisdom and skill, but that could also get in the way of church planting at, at times because you think you know it. Yeah. And honestly, you don't. Um, but really, it was the energy piece. And for us, our kids were at a point where they were old enough to raise themselves, feed themselves, drive themselves, you know, do those things where my wife and I could do this. We could plant a church and put the time into that. Another piece of the puzzle is we are business owners as well, and we can speak into that uh, a little bit as mm. being bivocational. But yes, being old and plant, uh, planting a church. Um, we thought long and hard about it. Yes. I, I would offer, like, just knowing you, Bob, yeah. one of the things that was really evident, and we talk a lot about this in church planting circles, is knowing the place, mm-hmm. contextualizing, mm-hmm. understanding who your neighbor is. 
and you've lived in these suburbs your whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been out of it a bit. You've been in California for a minute, but you rare, I mean, we talk about of age, you know, you're over 50, but that means you understand the Southern suburbs of Portland mm-hmm. in a way that someone who's trying to parachute in just couldn't. Yeah. Uh, for me, that was, you know, you grow up in a community all your life and you fall in love with the people you can fall in love with the environment. You fall in love with kind of the culture and everything going on around you. And, I've always felt a calling to come home and to be a part of something great for God's kingdom expansion. And growing up in the southern region, that southern metropolitan area of Portland, um, was special to me and uh, special Mm -hmm. to my sisters and my mom and dad. That's where we came to know Christ. Um, and in that, uh, we I've developed relationships over the years. I mean, those relationships I, I coached. Uh, everything under the sun from basketball <laughs> to football to soccer. My daughter did dance. I did not coach dance. <laughs> I went to watch her. But in those times, right, you you build all of these relationships. And it was time to cash in on those relationships in our community. And, and that's what we've been doing for the last two and a half, three years. That's awesome. I, I, I think it's, it's super – well, I'll say it this way. I think we sometimes dismiss – that being in a place for a long period of time is like, well, I should have got out. I should have did something else. And that's fine. But again, when we see how the gospel moves through people, right? we use this word oikos. Mm-hmm. And it really does mean who you've done life with. right? Mm-hmm. Like at the end yep. of the day, it's yeah, in, in different seasons and different geographies, it, it, it presents itself in different ways. Um, you go to certain places, you're like, well, that Oikos really is like their way expanded family. Mm-hmm. Like they literally, it's cousins and uncles and uncles and cousins. But in a place like this, it's really about, again, where we've done life. And mm-hmm. you, coaching, <laughs> you know every parent, yep. right? We know every kid. You know, where is that kid at? And yep. so you immediately have a relationship. And most of the time, those places, you've done what? You've barbecued together. Yes. You've feasted together. Yeah. You've moaned about losses together. Um, you maybe got together as an angry mob and charged after the referee at a game. No, I'm sorry. That should never ne- happened. You should never, ever, Those ever Those are do the that. other parents, <laughs> not, not my team. So, no, that's really good. That's a great insight, too, Russell. I mean, I think um, that sense. Did you, did you have a sense of coming home? Yeah. Yeah, I really did. Uh, and I had been home for a while. Um but to be able to step into this environment to to really start uh, something where you can leave a legacy, not maybe our legacy, but a legacy, a, a legacy that God, I think, has been writing in a story for years in our lives and in the lives of people now that are part of the bridge. Um, you know, that, that was that was huge. And so. Yeah. I mean, we love our community. We love the Wilsonville area. That Wilsonville area is, you know, you've got actually Canby, Wilsonville, mm-hmm. Tiger, Tualatin, Westland, Sherwood, you get Sherwood, this whole area. And we're Bridge Church Northwest. We're not just the Bridge Church of Wilsonville. We have families coming from all of those communities. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is the ties that we had through um, those connections that we had in other venues. All right, now we got to jump into the whole, yep. like, where we first launched. Mm. Because here's the deal. If you're anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, you will understand the name McMinimins. Mm-hmm. Yes. McMinimins is this, it is a culture. Let's mm-hmm. just say it the way it yeah. is, right? Like, they have created this third space vibe 
that would say like whatever Starbucks uh, like you are so <laughs> not cool right like right. this place is funky it's eclectic uh, it's flat out I mean sometimes mm. Irish right like mm-hmm. it's, it's an Irish bar yeah. it's a couple of brothers I think um, and they have this whole ethos to them right like I'll be honest I am a passport holder uh, which means you go to all the different places well you done. get stamps you well stay done. in places mm-hmm. um, you meet people you have really fun conversations with people I would never have conversations with yeah. So yeah. So at the end of the day, like I, it's a it's a passport for me mm-hmm. that is actually a privilege and a permission to go and have conversations. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of a little bit of a fun thing. Again, maybe even like chills right now because I just think it's so fun. So you guys choose a McMinimins bar yeah. to launch the church in. Yeah. Yes. That is true. Mm-hmm. That was not the goal. Um, there are conversations, right, um, about great places to be able to uh, get the kingdom work into the world. And a lot of people are talking about bars or talking about those kind of venues to get into. That was not on our radar at all. Hmm. Um, but there was a Sunday, uh, my wife and I, we were traveling through Wilsonville, through our community. And uh, we had gone to one particular church, and uh, awesome church. Uh, had a great morning of worship, connected with the pastor. They are so excited about what was happening through this church plant. Amen. And then we just started driving through the community, like, okay, what does the community look like on a Sunday morning? And as we drove around and just kind of saw what was happening, we also knew where the central spot of our community was. And believe it or not, it's actually where Fred Myers is and McMinimins. They both mm-hmm. they own this property together. And in that, there are thousands of people that run through that property every day. And so my wife saw the restaurant, right? McMenamins, and the church is still standing. They refurbished it. It's and nice. Yeah, it is. And in That's the church, here. Yeah, in the, <laughs> in the church, they have these old stained glass windows. And the church had become defunct over a while, right? It was decrepit. They were going to tear it down. And McMenamins went in there and fixed it. One of the things they did was they left the stained glass windows in, but they filled all of the broken holes in that just with some kind of a coating and such. And for my wife and I, it resonated with us that God can restore us for more. He can take broken things and make them beautiful, which is a story all throughout scripture, right? Well, that started to lock in with us at at McMinimins, spoke to them. And I mean, literally it was 24 hours later, they came back and said, we are so excited to make this church a church again. That's like some kind of intervention. It's cool. Right. Yeah. Cause that's not a normal thing no. for a place that is kind of built on being rebellious Correct. and edgy and, yep. and eclectic. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that hits me with that, Bob, is you guys have this catchphrase of bridging broken and busy people. Right. And I mean, it's your way of like putting words to the gospel, mm-hmm. the goodness of God doing something in someone's world. And like that thing last, like was a picture of that. Right. I think like what's really compelling is I think about what the bridge is and the way you guys have gone about being who you are is you're functionally working in a community set of suburbs where people don't want to acknowledge their brokenness, Uh, right? where where the facade is super deep, right? We've had that literally stated to us at church. I'm not broken. Right. 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 So not even it's like, I'm not, some people they're aware of it and hiding it. Others are like, I just don't even see it. I'm, Dang, that's I'm, bold. Right. But I think what is so compelling about the bridge is, Ben, 
to be a group of people in a central place of that kind of community who are willing to name actually, bro, you, you're more broken than you think you are. Right. And we've got some room to go even to talk you into the fact that you can see that or acknowledge it and then point towards, hey, this picture is thin glass or my own story as a human being or this person's story as a human being. Let's start looking at your world right. and, and your wholeness. And I think there's just, I think about the suburbs because I pastor a church in downtown Portland. I think about the suburbs as actually being far more difficult mm -hmm. because I don't have to talk people into their brokenness in my context. Mm -hmm. They are not trying to hide that. Mm -hmm. But I think in your world, that's, that's not the case. And so I, I just think, you know, you having made that the staple of who your church community is going to be and the way you're going to follow Jesus, it's pretty remarkable. And being able to speak into people's lives is so humbling, you know, to walk in their lives. Um, one of the things I don't do is I don't, when we teach, when we, when we take people through scripture, when we're developing uh, relationships through discovery groups and such, um, what, what I don't do is like, I don't point out, right, hey, this is where you're broken, this is where you're having an hmm. issue, you know, all of those kind of things. Gifting, right? just to point, point things out it's, to people. Right? Yeah. Um, what has been uniquely amazing about the experience we've had is we've just sat down and done life with people where they are in life. So if you don't know me, I love to play golf and we live on a golf course. So immediately when we went into this church planting phase, um, I immediately went into that realm of the world and just started inviting people to have discovery moments. Can we just get together and hmm. talk about scripture? Just uh, And would you be willing to do that one day a week? Um, that's turned into a group of seven men at a golf course who have met religiously through COVID. <laughs> we have not missed a Wednesday morning together. And these men are people who didn't have a strong relationship with Christ. And now they've grown in such a way that they are now inviting other men and beginning those talks with them. So, but it has all started with walking into the world of the people in Wilsonville and beyond yeah. and just do life with them. Right. Mm. So. Uh, it's strategic. I mean, again, I think so oftentimes we, we feel like we're supposed to go somewhere else, hmm. right? And again, and I'm not saying that God doesn't send people to different places. It's, we see it in scripture, but mm -hmm. I, go to where you're at. Right. The problem is we're at we're where we're at and we're not there. I just said a bunch of really funny prepositions right next but to each other. But it gets you. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Because again, we, we just simply don't show up. We, we run this rat race yeah. and we live it like we're fully not present and, mm -hmm. and just by cultivating presence in your life and being aware there is so much a kingdom all around us all the time yeah i think sometimes we overcomplicate mm -hmm. the building of relationships because we see broken people but they don't look like me they don't sound like me they don't do the things i do but i feel like i'm supposed to go reach those people right? Whatever those people are. Mm -hmm. I've learned that why not start with the people that you are comfortable with that are broken? Just walk into that realm first. Yes. And, and, and start sharing, start talking, tell them your story. And anyways, with that said, that's, that's what we've done. And in that, then we become more challenged to go into other areas where maybe we aren't so comfortable, but 
I want to start with some wins because some wins will help me feel better about taking the next step, which might be a little more challenging. Well, I mean, so Good Samaritan story, right? Yeah. Okay. What we don't talk about the fact is that the guy was on a business trip, right? He was going from here to there. There was nothing special about his trip. It was literally an ordinary day of his life. But yeah. he was aware of someone else. Right. That sounds radical to us. And Jesus is like, well, no, there's this guy. He's on a walkaway. And then he saw someone. And we're like, oh, wow. He did all these things. And we like emphasize all this stuff. And I'm like, people, he noticed when the other ones avoided. Yeah. He, he did notice. And he had the C word, which is not something is a natural gift of mine. And that is compassion. He had compassion. He did. And I've had to learn that in not only in my own life, but in ministry that I've got to start with compassion and start with knowing that person's hurting and I have something that can help them get through that healing process as I point them to Jesus. So for me, it's been a, it's been a, um, it's been a, a process of compassion and learning to instill that within my life and take advantage of those Samaritan moments. That's great. That's great. I'm like uh, looking at Matt. I mean, he's been very quiet. He's, this, he's dazed. He's, I think he's, he's, would he's, you like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord? I, mean, I think this guy's well, on the edge. He's ready I, to go. I think. Did you present last year in the? No, I didn't. I, oh, did, yes, the we video. did. We did uh, video. We did do get a. Uh, we had the opportunity to do a video presentation at yeah. the bridge. My wife was in that. Yes, which is much more memorable. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just because I remember. I just. Making those connections, I was just curious about at what stage were you in the church planning process when COVID went down? Uh, we were f- so we we launched in October of nineteen. Four four months into it, wow! COVID hits four or five months into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just you can't even say we were getting our feet wet. I mean, we were just open the doors and trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So we had a we had about six months prior of uh, one month. Uh, we did a service a month and then a um, a ministry event within the community. So we kind of had a six-month ramp up. But October of 2019 was our launch. Five months later, we go online and try to figure out what does it really mean to be church. And if I can speak into that, I think a lot of people have said, oh, my goodness, the church closed. We've all heard that, right? Mm-hmm. And then you always hear the comment, the church never closed. Well, what we did was we pivoted quickly and it allowed us to really fine tune what are we about? And what we were about was building relationships with broken and busy people. And the busyness just went away because now True. we didn't have a whole lot to go on because there, we didn't know what we were doing. So now we could speak into the lives of broken people. And we really were strategic about doing that during COVID. Yeah. And I think we, 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 and we missed this. And again, None of this is to say, like, we know that there are people who lost life. Absolutely. Who their, mm-hmm. their world was turned upside down yes. by death, by illness, mm-hmm. and by unemployment, and all those things. Mm-hmm. But with that came a different kind of margin that there's no way we're ever going to repeat again, apart from something like a global pandemic. Mm. We were not allowed to do some of the most simple and the most consistent and most time-consuming things we've ever done. And if we did them, we did them from our couch. Right. So there was this unique margin. Again, I don't know how to explain it, right? Yeah. It's like this space, open space. space. Yeah. And again, and, and 
and the challenge is, is that that's going to quickly disappear again. And we're going to have to ask other questions about how we, <laughs> they'll be busy again. Right, right. Yes, right. right. Um, but again, I, I feel like people are like, well, how do you plan a church during COVID? You're like, well, people actually have more time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the question that I was wondering about, um, just, you know, all ministry is, is, well, I mean, ministry is taking a risk. It's going out and trusting God. But planning a church has considerably less net net beneath you. You know, it's, it's and so I guess I'm, as we're talking about endurance and that for that to hit so early, I'm just curious what it was like in terms of your sense of calling or confidence or like navigating that. I, I just am trying to imagine what it would feel like saying, I believe God's called us to do this thing and the world shuts down when you're just getting on your feet. And was there a moment, however long it may have lasted, where you had to, to you know, decide, no, this is still what we're supposed to do? Or, I mean, what was that experience like as a leader? Man, you take me back to a year ago and the emotions, which are... So on the other side of this coin were business owners in oh, downtown right. Portland. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do want to speak into the church piece because I think that's probably most relevant to a lot of people. But being a business owner also in downtown Portland wow. um, added another level of stress and concern mm-hmm. to both my wife and myself. Um, our business had been around for 50 years. And uh, would it survive, right? Um, when things shut down, our business dropped 75%. So Was it now, in a dangerous place also? Um, so where it is, it's in the Pearl District. And it's not a place necessarily where a lot of the stuff was happening. But they would be pushed up towards that area. So we would always get a little concerned about what would happen. But thank goodness we didn't have too much of the stuff taking place around got the it, business it. itself. But homelessness escalated theft burglary escalated and so all of that's coming into that we want to take care of our employees we want to take care of our customers so there's all of that happening Mm -hmm. okay so then now being a pastor of a church that we just planted and you're right not much of a net um maybe this is where me being older helped um not that i've been around a block before in a pandemic but i've been in churches that have been on the verge of folding and to help walk churches through that to become healthy again, that's my wheelhouse. I love that. So what I went into was um, protection mode, fixing mode, what are we doing next mode, and really became obsessed with the people of the bridge and the people in our community and making sure we are also connected with the other churches in our community because we actually leaned on one another through this really devastating moment. Amen. Um, we had just gotten off of a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week prayer vigil literally two weeks prior to COVID all happening. So we had all created a, a, a strong bond with one another That's great. and really supported one another uh, through this. So that was huge. But I did have my moments where I just curled up in a corner and I just cried. Because you didn't know what tomorrow looked like. And I didn't know if I could do what God called us to do. But at the end, we had a partnership team that was solid. We had pastors in our community that were solid. And we developed relationships with people that made sure that if, we, if we're having a rough day, they're going to be there to pick us up. Mm-hmm. And so I learned a lot about that uh, through COVID. Awesome. That's awesome. Great. 
what we're going to do is we're going to attempt to say the name of the podcast in unity. And the name of the podcast is How About We Do This Together. I'm going to count to three, and we're just going to close. All right. One, two, three. How about we do this together? Hey, thanks for listening today. We genuinely thank you for your time. Just pray that you would actually find ways to collaborate with others for kingdom things. How about we do this together?